Welcome to Crafting a Living. Today I chat with Simone from Musgrave Gin. And from the moment I saw Simone's product, I knew that she was a pro. And I really think if you ever want to start your own brands or if, you, or if you're in the brand business, and most of us are, I want to suggest that you follow what Ms. what uh, Simone is doing with her Musgrave business. It's a brand company. She doesn't own any any distilleries or manufacturing plants. And she purely focuses on her brand. She focuses on the team that she surrounds herself with. And uh, yeah, I really think that she's a pro. So thank you and let's listen to this interview. Welcome to this session. We're here with Simone Musgrave, the founder of Musgrave Gin. Welcome, Simone. Thank you. Simone, tell us about the hat. The hat. Well, the hat is a symbol of that time when uh, adventurers and explorers arrived in Africa. And it was the only hat that uh, was, a, it was a sort of an ex-military, I guess. In India, they wore them too. Protected you from the heat, protected you from the mozzies and the flies. Um, and really is that symbol of Africa in those days um, and and of the, the kind of explorer that went out and, and conquered Africa. Um, hopefully, we're talking about the good part of that. Yeah. The, the hat reminds me of my grandmother. My grandmother ran the family farm. My grandfather was a tinkerer, an engineer, and probably the first guy that, uh, that in the district who had electricity. So he had all these canals which ran into a little hydroelectric system and so he was a tinkerer, he wasn't a, a businessman at, at all but my grandmother on the other hand had cattle, she had mm. chickens and there was always activity. She was very resourceful but she always wore this hat. <laughs> so to me that hat means a resourceful lady and that, that's kind of what I see in mm. you. Yeah, I guess I've been a single mum for a long time now, um, and I have to be resourceful. Um, I'm also an ideas person, so I get bored really quickly, and so I always think of the next idea and the next thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I think I've, I've got that adventurous spirit, hopefully, that was uh, instilled in the family a couple of generations ago. Okay. And when I walked into your office just now, here at the Innovation Centre in Cape Town, I knew that... Uh, there's definitely well, I could I could see where the brand comes from because your your the whole packaging the whole labeling the whole concept to me was just stood out yeah and I see a lot of brands every day mm. I think that's where I come from I come from an experience of brand um, and whether they're FMCG or premium brand understanding that brand is really what drives the purchase and I think knowing very little about the liquor industry it's if brand is ever important um, and a brand that has a conscious and that is responsible too and that's what's shifted in the last few years um, that real stories exist not made up stories and, and this certainly is a real story so tell us the story about Musgrave so Musgrave is my name my surname and um, I have a grandfather who came to Africa 1947 um, and he landed in Dar es Salaam after a three-month boat trip, as one does in those days. Uh, came from Plymouth, the home of gin, which is quite interesting. Okay. Came as a missionary. Um, in those days, that was the way to explore. 
They didn't have gap years. Um, and from then on headed into the deepest, darkest bush of Africa. And for 30 years, he was a missionary in the in the bush. He had to build their own house, they had to make their own furniture. And where was that? Um, and that was in Kenya. In Kenya. Started in Kenya, moved across East Africa, uh, Zanzibar. He spoke. He was the very first Christian to speak to the imams of Zanzibar. Um, so he was extremely brave. I don't think we would be this brave. And, you know, never seen a, a wild animal, never been in the bush without lights. And they really had to survive. Um, wow. And he, yeah, in the last, he eventually retired back in, to the UK, but wrote a book of all his great stories in Africa. Okay. And adventuring stories, getting stuck in the mud, being chased by elephants, um, measles on the boat trip over. So... These are real, real hard times, essentially. Um, but they were very brave, and, and they, they, they built this African family of three children. Um, two were born at the foot of Kilimanjaro. I have climbed Kilimanjaro as well. And, yeah, and we've all stayed um, in, in Africa. So, yeah, that's, that's the sort of heritage. And there's so many stories that we will tell over the next few years and with this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that sort of that romance of Africa and that bygone era, the romance of that bygone era that re- encapsulates our brand. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my forefathers, I'm the fifth generation South African. We also came out as, as in the, with the missionaries. Mm-hmm. My forefathers weren't missionaries, but they were on the support team, I guess, mm. making garments and stuff. And, mm. and uh, yeah, we settled in, our family settled in Natal and slowly started forming those German, little German communities, farming communities mm. around the German churches in Natal. Mm. Um, so that's, that's an interesting story about the brand and how did you come up with the idea or is it an authentic mm. brand for you? Well, for me it's a very authentic brand. How I came up with gin was because I travel and eat and look at mm. trends and drink through cities, I, I'm i always watching what's going on in beverage and food. And so I, I watched this sort of craft trend apply itself to food, apply itself to drinks. I grew up in, on many sunny, hot afternoons with my parents drinking a gin and tonic in the Victoria Falls Hotel in Zimbabwe, um, good old Gordons with, with uh, Angostura bitters. So the, the, the occasion resonated with me. I understood the product, um, and I can smell the gin you know, a, a mile off. So I looked at this trend and thought, mm, that sort of fits my brand story quite well. It fits that Musgrave heritage story. Yeah. Let's start to package the two together. And as I've evolved, I actually don't see Musgrave as a liquor brand, essentially. It's, it's a luxury brand um, that, that is just absolute purity, quality, um, and, and product that you really want to, to own. And so as we go into the next phase of Musgrave, we'll see a couple of those things coming out. Okay, that's exciting. So yeah. it wasn't an accident like a couple of other... No, it definitely was a calculated move. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And... Um, Crafting a brand is one thing, but crafting the spirit inside, how do you, how do you manage to do that without mm. a distillery? So I develop, I've worked in development from mayonnaise to peanut butter okay. to ex, um, you know, fresh hot dogs and sandwiches. It doesn't really matter what you're developing. Yeah. You apply the same process. So okay. good research, a good palate and understanding of food and beverage. And also never think your consumer doesn't know what things taste like. They always want quality, which is why we all love Woolworths. Um, So it was really a process of research, um, tasting, understanding, speaking to people who are experts. Uh Roger Jorgensen was my go-to, Adi Bardnost. These are people who really value excellent product and know their stuff. 
and picked apart Roger's brain, uh, started going back to the books based on what he said, and came up with a theme of reflecting the African spice route. And okay. so we put the set of botanicals together. Roger suggested a few. I picked on a few. And we re- literally put it in a pot and hoped for the best. Okay. Um, and we came up with something really great on the second try. Yeah. Roger mm. certainly also has a nice story to tell. He does. I've been on his yeah. farm and it's a lovely yeah. little house. Yeah, he's, he's the professor and guru of distilling. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you, you, you got him and a few guys on board to help mm. you. And I think that's really good. Get a good team to help you. Yeah. develop uh, or balance or, or make up the th- strengths that you don't have. I think the, you know, the good product developers or good innovators often don't know everything. Um, yeah. They're the ones who look for the experts. You put great people around you yeah. and you, it's about pulling all those people together into one story. Um, yeah. So I really got a great brand team and brand tree, Monty Filter, who's a, um, a great creative director who could guide me. I'm certainly mm-hmm. not a brand expert. I trusted his his vision. I put great distillers, uh, Lucy and Lee from Hope on Hopkins, mm-hmm. uh, have an amazing facility and are so attentive to what they do. Um, and now I'm looking at the, the good sales teams and starting to work with them. So it really is a constant journey of putting experts around you, and then you look great. Yeah. Um, so. so that's that's exactly yeah. that. I've got so many sad stories of pension funds being invested in distilleries before there's even a brand or before there's even a story and I want to cry mm. when I see those. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's like a boat. I think you can throw money down all the time. But if you don't have a... Ve- you can have the best product in the world as well. If you don't have a team to sell it and good route to market, um, you don't have a product. Yeah. Um, so that's also from my background in the FMCG space is you can, you're only as good as a product you can get to market. Exactly. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that's my story. My story is that my craft is selling and I like that part of the business, mm. as you know. Mm. Um, how important is it to be an innovator? I mean, we've seen the likes of Inverosh and we've seen mm. Hope on Hopkins get onto the shelves and mm. now it's Musgrave. Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, I actually launched just a month before Hope on Hopkins, okay. but they had the distillery, you know, and that was a hard journey. Mm-hmm. So I think innovating, it depends on what you want out of your life. Um, yeah. You can, uh, you know, you can be accepting a status quo, which may suit you. But for me, it's always about going to the next level and, and changing the world. I always felt as a child I would do something great. I'm not there yet, but if it kills me, I will try. <laughs> so I think the innovators in the world, they're makers, uh, there's creators, and you know everyone has a role to play in yeah. this, this journey. And do you think your, your pink gin is an innovation? It certainly stands out on the shelf. Uh, pink has been a revolution. Um, everything is pink, and I think it's a world trend. Um, yeah. So again, I watch trends, uh, pick up on them. Um, generally I'm an observer who acts on certain things but pink has really captured people's fascination Um, people love pink drinks pink bubbles pink wine Um, and in France there are these pink parties with this rosé that is quite special that's happening so there's this everyone wants a a pink drink um, and it plays into so many occasions so weddings and ladies events Mm. Um, we're looking at pink polo as an option 
And so, you know, there's some really exciting space. And I think pink will actually become our signature um, and so will sell more yeah. than the Musgrave 11. But there is that traditional space and the brand is built on Musgrave 11. Okay. So it's, you know, that heritage comes from Musgrave 11 and yeah. that's pulled through into the rose, um, into the rose gin. Okay. And are you getting your, your sales team together? Yeah, so we appointed a new sales team across the country. Um, a year later, we have some credibility now, and people like the brand. Mm-hmm. So the the bigger guys and the the better guys, the more specialised guys, are, are happy to take us on. Mm-hmm. So we are working with Nicholson Smith in, in uh, Joburg, uh, Roth and Chill Direct in Cape Town, and then Meander Fine Wines in Durban. In Durban. Um, and you know, Durban's our slowest market, but it will get there. Um, I think it's slow in terms of trends anyway. Um, And then we're exporting as well. So they say you must launch your product in Durban, not in Durban, in Cape Town, Mm. and you must test the price in Durban and (laughs) do the turnover in Joburg. Yeah, that's exactly it. So Um, have you you done any sales in Durban? We have actually, and we're getting some nice nice pull through and lots of requests. So it's uh, every month it improves. Um, And it's it's just about a trend filtering through, which is starting to happen now. So um, I I believe we'll get there. Export is very important to me. So I see us as a global business. Um, And we have been exporting to Belgium for the whole year. And we've got a couple of really um, awesome markets opening up uh, soon. Uh, we've entered the New York Spirit, International Spirits Competition. Uh, we've entered the World Gin, World Design Gin Awards, World Gin Awards, in the design category and the taste category, and Michelangelo as well. So it'll be interesting, yeah, to see what happens. But essentially, we will push globally quite yeah, hard. I think that's so. exciting stuff. Mm. So, are you pushing? Anything in particular like the, the Feinbos story? or is No, it not so that? our point of difference is we are not Feinbos at okay. all. We're African and spices. So mm-hmm. we have a, 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 a tr- we track the African spice route and we try and bring that alive. So we've got okay. a pepper from Ghana, a gin, African ginger from Ghana. We've got cardamom from Zanzibar, coriander. So we'll let the Feinbos be done by the other guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and how, coming back to South Africa, how many... Um, outlets do you think could sell these kind of speciality spirits in terms of bottle stores and and restaurant pubs? I think everyone can have a footing in the craft gin space. Mm -hmm. Um, Musgrave is the premium end of it, so it depends on the customer and the clientele. But people are looking for stories and they will pay for it. And I think our country is an interesting one where we have the growing middle class who um, who are looking for products that make them um, r- feel that they're rising up in the world. Mm-hmm. And so these luxury brands are actually selling really well here. Um, and it's a status. It builds your status. So it's an interesting country, um, and I think we've got massive potential, and we haven't even tapped into the black market yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an exciting space. And I think Pink is going to have some, some nice little inroads there. Yeah. So, and who knows what's next. Yeah. <laughs> As one of my old friends in Jobix says, he's an importer of Portuguese and European wines and all all fancy things. And he always says his customers come into the bottle store and say, can I have the most expensive wine? Mm-hmm. And it's normally one of his. And that's how he sells them, not yeah. by brand or anything. They just want the most expensive that's right. So there might be something onto that. Yeah, no, definitely. So tell us a little bit about the biggest challenges you faced in in the last year. I think the, the biggest challenge is route to market in this mm. country. And you know, you're a small a small guy trying to operate in a big world. 
Um, yeah. And you're competing against the big guys. So I can't offer free stock to restaurants to stock me to a point I can. But, you know, I don't like to. I don't really, no. you know, every bottle hits my bottom line. So I think it's, it's, it's competing against the big guys. And we're working on the same margins as them. But we don't have the, the funds for the marketing. So... Um, but you're paying the same taxes. We're paying everything the same, <laughs> but we don't have these big bu- marketing budgets. And, and to get into certain bars and restaurants, you've got to pay to yeah. get in. Yeah. It's, your product is not good enough on merit. However, because the d- consumer's demanding craft, the big restaurants and the big chains are having to look at a gap for us. And yeah. so we will get in there and we just persist. Mm. And I think that's the biggest challenge. And, and the biggest lesson learned? I think the biggest lesson I've learned, um, I haven't made a mistake in it yet, but is to never assume your consumer is stupid. Yeah. They absolutely know what they're buying and what they're getting. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm the opposite. I always think that the, the, the packaging sells and as long as, as, long as the, the mm. inside is half, half acceptable, they'll buy it. I think we've got it. You, it will only last for so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And most people when they're spending that are just earning so yeah Yeah. next question would you ever invest in manufacturing or a distillery um at this stage no Mm. because it's an overhead i don't want and i'm not a distiller and i think i should let the experts do it if one day we're so huge uh, that we need to do our own distilling that will be a different question i think it'll be a very different business Um, but at this stage i'd like to try and get other people to do stuff for me yeah the, the the real question for me is: Do you think a brand needs a, a, a distillery? I don't think a brand needs a brand it. No, no. Okay. no one asks where Johnny Walker's distilled and hearts, who distills it. Yeah, and are you personally good at selling? Um, I can sell my own product very well, better yeah. than anyone. Um, yeah. But I love other people to sell for me. Um, I'm an ideas person. I'm a creator, and I'm very good logistically and operationally. Okay. So you can yeah. stitch it all together. But if someone gives me gives me hell, I just walk out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. The next question is, are you good at collecting debts? Terrible at money. Terrible. Okay. I hate it. I hate anything to this do with the financial side of it. To, to your distributors. <laughs> That's so. why we give it to other companies who hold the book. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So we're very similar. Mm. Um, so you started about a year ago and... A year down the track, would you say you'd you'd start it again if you had the opportunity? I would definitely do it again. Yeah, yeah. Now we've had a really an amazing response, and it's just showing the changing um, needs of the consumer. They really want stories, and if you mm. tell them authentic, good stories, they, they, the reaction is is very rewarding. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And how how important is social media for for a brand like yours? I've launched on social media. Um, I had no money to do any other way. And through my rudimentary knowledge of it, I got sort of slick. I literally look at my phone every day, a minute of the day. And we've grown our footprint through social media. Okay. We've grown business links through social media. And we're now getting to a phase where we'll look at appointing a digital agency to take that on and grow it even more. And do you think they can do a better job than yourself? Definitely. You think so? <laughs> okay. I think it gets technology-based at a certain point yeah. where you've got to manipulate the platforms um, okay. and you need to know the back end. Yeah. And I think you can only grow it so much unless you do that. Okay. Um. And have you watching the market, and you don't have to name any specific brands, but how, 
have you seen the opposition fail or succeed using the social media platforms? I think you've just got to be very careful how you use them. Um, it, it's almost never bad. And so I don't think there's much failure in it. Mm. Um, I just think that you could underuse. And I think that's where I'm going to get to a point where I'm underusing the potential of it. Yeah. So I've, I've got one friend who owns a brand and anything that they post gets gets approved by the attorneys before mm. they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's I hope not to get to that point <laughs> of admin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're looking at some interesting people who've done some great work. And so, um, yeah, I just watch the space. And, and has this kind of br- launching this brand put you into a more public space? People associate yeah. you personally with the brand. And I mean, you've been in some in the press. and Yeah, it definitely has. I've been in a job that's been quite high profile. Okay. So I've done and I've also written for a lot of magazines. And so I'm. I'm not particularly uh, worried about that or it's not particularly new, mm. but um, yes, the, we obviously, and, and I will start to build my profile even more as an individual. Yeah. Um, I would like to work with some startups and do some other stuff other than Musgrave. So I think that's, that's definitely put me in the, in the spotlight. Okay. I would like my brand to survive without me. Um, and you know, as we get bigger, the brand must stand on its own yeah. with a link to the story. You know, no one knows who Jack Daniels is, no. and so that's that's the kind of metaphor that we have. <laughs> okay, and what yeah. can we expect in in the short term from Musgrave? I think this next year we're going to consolidate, build the brand. Um, we've got I've got some ideas and projects of other spirits in the in the mix. Um, but I'm not going to. I'm going to focus the next year on building the brand and building distribution and export, and then hopefully, um, you know, sort of winter next year, we'll look at launching something new. I think it's very tempting, and especially for me, to keep launching new stuff. But you've got it. Some it costs a hundred thousand to launch new stuff, yeah. and you need to build the brand now and and give people the product more so that they can get it easier. Yeah, because the product is good, and it, it mm. just. You must get more people need the opportunity to try it and to taste it. I always um, say Hendrix have one gin. And, you know, always remember that. They have one product. Yeah. And yet they're such a powerful brand. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. This is, it's been very exciting and and interesting to listen to you. And where can, where can the listeners find you? So we are absolutely everywhere at the moment. We've, we'll have a Mus- Musgrave um, listing in the Christmas catalogue in Macro now, uh, nationally. And we are in Spa Tops. We're in all the small little boutique bottle stores. We um, cross the liquor cities across the country. And a lot of bars and restaurants. I could stand naming them. But okay. the cool hipster places in Cape Town, some of the big hotels, Table Bay, Twelve Apostles, coming up. Um, the Western, so some of the significant tourist places too. Uh, Joburg infiltrating much harder to mm-hmm. get out there, but we're infiltrating quite heavily. But most bottle stores have us. Ultra Liquors will have us soon. So uh, if you can't find us, just uh, let me know, and, and we'll find you direct on social you. Media. Social media: Musgrave Gin, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then um, you can find us on our website too, okay. and link link up to me there. And have you managed to crack the the travelling market in the airports? We are. We are on duty-free, both Cape Town and Joburg, okay. and we are flying out of Joburg. Okay. Yeah, so we've had a couple of orders go in. Um, 
great place to build a luxury brand. Okay. So we will be focusing a lot on duty free. Yeah. Joburg's really, really good for us. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, you know it's picking up a South African story on your way out. Yeah. So and, and, and something to take along. Yeah. This week end. I got a picture from someone at the Olympics in Rio. I got another picture from a lady in Hong Kong with the pink. So we yeah. we're moving through the world. Oh, very exciting. Yeah. Thanks, Simone. Good, thank you. And uh, hope to catch yeah. up with you again soon. Yeah, the guru of craft sales. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Simone. It was really cool interviewing Simone, and uh, although I was very nervous, I think it turned out to be quite an interesting interview. So many lessons to learn from her. She's really, really a pro. And I think the big lesson is that we need to surround ourselves with, with pros. Get those guys that are better at accounting, at branding, at selling, and get them to help us. And if you're starting a brand and you need help with sales, please, I want to encourage you, just give me a call. If you're starting a brewery, if you want to start a distillery, just give me a call before you spend your inheritance on doing the wrong thing. I look forward to chatting to you again next week. So, cheerio.